All right, so back at home, back in the tech room. Um, after the four bit videos, there were some very good questions and comments. And so I thought I'd do one final follow up. I might do more. You know, bits are a very big topic and, you know, can get very confusing. Um, so we're going to review some of the some comments and questions, and I'm going to try and fill some gaps that I left in the four videos. Um, but first, we have a little bit of whiskey. This is very uh, easy to recognize because of the bottle. This is uh, Willet. They're a family reserve. Um, it's a pot-stilled bourbon uh, distilled in Kentucky. And I'm not sure the age that they distill it to, but I believe it's probably in the seven, six to eight range. Yeah, and it's it's just a very classic bourbon, nice sweetness. Um, it's got a good, yeah, sweet fruit note to it, I have to say. Obviously your normal woods and vanilla, but Yeah, you get you get a little bit more of the warming spices and richness um, on the palate than on the nose. A um, little bit of astringency on the back of the palate towards the end. Nice long continuing finish. It's a very very good whiskey. You know, it is. You know, this is not five hundred dollars a bottle. This is you know you're under a hundred, but this is a very good whiskey to have. You know, they they don't add any flavors like some of the other ones. It is just a solid whiskey that you should have in your bar, and it'll please anyone who likes bourbon. Okay, so one of the one of the things I saw in a lot of the comments, um, you know, I tried to be very uh, clear um, in the video, but I, I was wasn't clear enough. Everyone wants to know about mouthpieces, so you know here are. Some of my loose rings, they come in all sorts of mouthpieces, various sizes, and, you know, there's just so much variety. But let's talk about a few. And I think the big takeaway that I want you to take away from mouthpieces is it doesn't vary the bit as much as you think. So I'll explain what I mean. Here are two three-piece bits. The top, uh, the top one you'd call is maybe a, a Dr. Bristol uh, mouthpiece because the, the uh, piece in the middle. The bottom bit would probably be called a French plate, but these are both double broken bits. But a French plate and a Dr. Bristol do are essentially the same. They would do nothing different. And when people say they have different actions, they don't. Um, what I will say about these two bits is you'll see the top bit has a smooth mouthpiece or the bottom bit has a slow twist to it. The bottom bit is a bit sharper than the top bit, um, but only minorly. It's not going to be a major difference. Um, and I think there can be a lot of placebo effect that people feel about changes in, in bits. You know, then, you know, you go to stuff like a ball bit. I use a lot of ball bits or, you know, some people call them Waterford. You know, this is a Waterford uh, snaffle, um, but they look like balls to me. So, balls. Um, you know, I use these a lot, but, you know, you have big squishy leather guys. You have thick rope guys. Um, very traditional hollow mouth, single broken snaffle. 
There are so many. I don't think it's important, as important as people think. They're like, oh, I don't understand how this mouthpiece works compared to that mouthpiece. In my experience, the bits about how you, what the feeling is, you don't really have to understand what it's doing because it's the feeling you get. You know, I, I'm not going to obsess over which one of these to use. They're not that much different. I'm not going to obsess over how much different these guys are. They really aren't that much different. And I, so don't stress too much about, is it a ball bit, a slow twist, a smooth, a hollow? They do definitely make an impact, but don't stress about it. You know, unless you go to something that's super sharp, you know, like this, that's a very sharp bit. I've never actually used this bit, but in general, we're using normal stuff. This is normal. I wouldn't worry about it. A French plate and a Dr. Bristol is the same thing. I mean, obviously a French plate's a plate, but the action in the horse is the same. All right, so a comment from, from Catherine Hormatz was she's using a ball bit or um, a Waterford loose ring. So this bit. And her comment was about how her horse can get a bit like a snake. So it's not following or tracking in line. It's a lot of work to keep the horse tracking in line. Um, snake is a great analogy. I'll also say it's like they're being like a gummy worm. Um, and then she talked about using a full cheek, going from a loose ring to a full cheek. So same mouthpiece, different rings. Um, in that case, talking, you know, if, if a horse is hard to get tracking, a full cheek is a great tool. Um, I use this because it gives directionality. Like if I pull with this hand right here, it will pull the bit, putting some pressure on the outside of the mouth, pulling it that way. And you can get some more directionality and that can help you keep the horse tracking in one direction. So yes, Catherine, I hundred percent, I would go to a full cheek and see what that felt like. It's not going to be huge, you know, it's not going to be like suddenly the clouds have opened and the sun is shining, everything's going to be perfect. But, you know, it's those little steps um, with the little adjustments. Next question, I sort of already touched on this, but I just want to make, make it clear. Um, Alyssa Moore asked, uh, can you talk about mouthpiece thickness? Is that ever a consideration for you when bidding a horse? So, yes, it is. So in general the thicker the mouthpiece, the softer uh, the bit is. You know, if you think of this bit in the horse's mouth, this pressure curve is very large and round and, you know, dissipating your hand forces over a wider area. Um, so this would be softer um, for a horse, uh, less objectionable. They're less likely to toss their head. It's just softer. That, you know, back I said in the other videos, that doesn't mean you can misuse this bit. You know, you can yank the horse in the mouth just as easy in this bit as you can in this bit. But in contrast, you can see in this bit, it is, you know, it's got a twist here. It's got a plate. Um, your pressure points are sharper. That doesn't mean this is a bad or abusive bit. 
It just means you have to be so much more subtle in how you use your hands. So this bit would be stronger than this bit. So yes, mouthpiece thickness absolutely does matter. Um, I just, I don't obsess over it as much as some people, you know, like the example before, these two bits are essentially the same. One is a slow twist, one is smooth. But I wouldn't be obsessing that one is going to be terrible, one's going to be amazing. That's just not how it works. All right, the next one from Kelly Pass uh, Field Coaching. Uh, with all the bit options out there, how do you choose the right bit? My horse tends to bulge her left shoulder and carry her head high. Her mouth is very soft. I don't know where to start. Um, all right, well, there's, there's, we'll talk, there's two parts to this question. Um, with all the bit options, how do you know where to start? So um, I think in the second bit video, I talked about how, you know, I have all these bits. I really only use a handful. And I, I truly mean that. Um, and what I think is most important to help guide what bit to use is to have three to five anchor bits that you know really well. For me, that would be a double bridle. Um, that would be a, a three ring hollow mouth snaffle. Um, that would be a four inch shank length swale. Um, and uh, a bit of my own design, which you'll see in the future. And I'm not saying those three or five anchor bits of yours or of mine are the right bit for every horse, but since you know the bit so well, putting that bit on a horse can inform you where to go. You know that if, if in a, you know, a loose ring snaffle, you know, something like this, if the horse has a head up, then generally... I can get a horse's head down moving to a three ring. I just know that from experience. But you need to know what you feel with this first to guide it. So you need to really know a few bits really well. And that is how I am guided to what bit I end up using. So what I generally do when I get a new horse is I don't ride in the bit that the horse used to go in. Because the previous rider is not me, and I'm not them. Um, the previous rider, you know, rode the horse great, but I'm still not them. So I start with a bit that I know. Um, and then that m bit might be really not the right bit, but since I know the bit really well, the information that I gain, even though it wasn't the right bit, helps me go the right direction, and I know where to go. So that's what I would say. Get to know like three bits really well. That doesn't mean they're perfect in every horse, but they tell you where to go. This second part um, of your, your question, Kelly, was um, my horse tends to bulge her left shoulder and carry her head high. So if I have a horse who's bulging asymmetrically or doing something asymmetrically, so they're not doing the same thing to the left as they are to the right, what I would look at is how they're biomechanically moving. And I say it that way intentionally. You know, I would ask my vet, 
to see if there is a physical reason. I would talk to uh, our osteopath who works on our horses, who actually is also a board certified vet. If there's something biomechanically that we can help the horse to do, or that is causing the horse to lean to the left or asymmetrically, that would be my first thing. My second thing would be to make sure the saddle fits them squarely um, because the saddle if the saddle doesn't fit them square, you can have some issues. Um, so for me, asymmetric bulging, there's general, it's generally a biomechanical thing. Um, and if it is not, then it's generally a me thing. You know, I'm having some compensation where I'm putting more weight on one side of the saddle or on one stirrup and that's causing the bulge. Um, a horse holding their head high. Um, <laughs> that deserves its whole other uh, video. In general, riders, less experienced riders feel more comfortable with a horse's head that is up because they have mass in front of them. When a horse's head is down, you have less help with your balance. And the horse's head is down, so you feel like there's nothing in front of you. So in general, less experienced people like when the horse's head is up. But that doesn't mean, in your case, the horse's head might be too far up and you want to put it down. I need to do a whole video or videos on how to put a horse's head down. I'm going to be honest. That's probably one of, if not the hardest thing to teach someone how to do, how to put a horse's head down. I didn't say a frame down like, uh, like they're grazing. Um, in my case, if I, if I had a horse whose head was really high, I would use a bit like a three ring, uh, snaffle. Um, I would personally try a double bridle, um, because you know, double bridle, I can put a horse set up, down, in, out, left, right. You know, there's so much you can do with it. And then the double bridle probably wouldn't be the right bit long term, but it would inform me where to go. Um, it is hard to put a horse's head down in a direct contact bit. It's possible, but it's generally hard if they're not used to it. So some rotation is helpful like in a three ring rotates double bridle with the weymouth that rotates um i personally wouldn't use a gag but i'd probably go in in the three ring is or some people call it a two ring range is probably a safe a safe bet um to with two reins if you put a converter you're not utilizing the the function so we're we're going to explain gags and especially a Waterford gag or ball bit gag, same thing. This is, you can't see, but this is a ball bit or a Waterford gag in here because um, Ashley R. Key asked about how gags function and especially a Waterford gag or a ball bit. So this is a gag. Um, I actually showed this bit uh, Friday last week. Not on Fessy, but you know, on a different horse. So let's go over a function first. So the way gag works, you have your main rein here it's attached to the ring, and this is a direct contact bit. It's the same as a full cheek. When you pull, you can see the bit moving in her mouth. But you also have this rope that goes through two rings to this second rein. And when you pull this rein, it rotates the bit and lifts it in the horse's mouth, which I will try to show here. So if I'm gonna pull, sitting in the saddle, I will pull like this. You see how it rotates the bit 
and then as you pull, you see how the rope is going through the bit. It is lifting the bit in Fessy's mouth. When I let go, you see how it drops. And obviously to lift the bit, it's applying some pull pressure, obviously. But this is how a gag works. You can get the idea behind the name because it's pulling straight up. When you pull your main rein, it's just a normal full cheek snaffle. That is the function. You would pick a full cheek gag if you want to give a bit more directionality to the horse's head. So when I pull this rein, this bar on the other side contacts the horse's head, making it easier to pull them over here. Okay. That is the function of the bit. Why would I use this? I would use this if I like a ball bit, a full cheek ball bit, but the horses may be a bit heavy or a bit low. Um, I would then try a full cheek ball bit gag. So it's, you know, I would try a full cheek ball bit first and then I do a full cheek ball bit gag. Um, I personally only ever feel comfortable in a gag with two reins. Some people will put converters on them with stops so it doesn't pull too hard. Some people will only ride on the bottom rein. I've never felt comfortable doing that. I, I never had a good feeling. Like it never gave me a feeling in my hands that felt good. So I don't do that, but you can. Um, that's up to you. I don't think there's anything to misunderstand about this bit because the bit itself, like all bits, is not doing anything until your hands act on it. And if you're calm with your hands and your inputs, there's nothing wrong with this bit. You do have to know that by its action and by its design, when you pull this bottom rein, it lifts the bit and applies a downward pressure to the pull. That isn't necessarily a bad thing. It can be for some horses, but that's just some horses, not all horses. And that's how it's designed. It's how a pelum is designed to add pull pressure. That's just how it's designed. This is a, can be a great bit. Again, I would use it if a full cheek ball bit had went too low, so I wanted to lift it. That would be the main reason, but I would use a full cheek ball bit first. Thank <laughs> you.